Welcome to Six Again, your go-to rugby league podcast with hosts Adam Hoy and Jared Mooton. Let's kick off. Um, Jake, welcome into the Six Again podcast. I'm hey, going to jump we'll right in the middle play. of a um, fuck you, Adam. Of a I'm conversation between <laughs> Jared and Will reminiscing about uh, players they used to play against uh, who are now representing. No, we're not good enough to play against these blokes. All we're saying, there's a few players in our Sunshine Coast local cup playing in the World Cup this year, and Adam just like interrupted. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Wall was about to send a send out a story that was not. Yeah, no, that's why I'm anybody here on this podcast. <laughs> that's why I hit record now. Take it away, Walt. <laughs> You're up, mate. No, I am not sharing that one. <laughs> All right, let's. You'll uh, need you'll need a big you'll need a big E next to it for explicit this episode if I share that story. Oh, go that's off why line. that's why the warning's there. <laughs> no, next topic. Next topic. All right, so this is our grand final preview, um, and it will be it the second. Turd, It'll be the second last six end podcast podcast show. Uh, we'll be wrapping it up after the grand final. Uh, the grand final wrap will be our final show, and um, we'll do all the thank yous and everything then. Um, but yeah, grand final preview. One thing we can confirm with Benny Liner winning the street competition in the tipping, uh, we've been in contact with Ben. Got his sizing up for his shirts and his socks and all that sort of stuff. And Benny from Hop Nation's been in touch, and we'll be delivering the swag um, of merch directly to him because he's a Brisbane-ish resident. And um, pretty close to where we are, so, so Benny be Benny be rocking up with the budgie smuggling hot nation budgie smugglers, and that is all <laughs> to drop it off. I guess if you only use a beanie like that, go ahead. <laughs> so Benny for win the street comp, uh, two four packs of beer of his choice, um, some hot nation socks, a pop glass, and a beanie, all from Hop Nation, plus some six again merch in a stubby cooler and a shirt, which um, will be going his way pretty soon and remember going into this final week uh we have two tipsers uh atop the timmy competition on 170 points and if they're still joined at 170 points we will be doing a count back on full rounds to see who's had the had the most so we've got rocking horse road and the underscore irk so guys girls um get in touch do we with know us. who they are no I haven't really? talked to either of them, I don't believe. Uh, get in touch with us through Facebook Messenger, probably the easiest way, or Twitter or Instagram, uh, just so we can get a hold of you and your details and all that sort of stuff and make sure you get your merch in due time. Uh, depending on what uh, happens, uh, Spencer Blues, Shakopalips, and of the other two that are in the running for third place, because uh, if my dad or myself wins it, uh, we'll give it to somebody else, Ooh. most likely. If you're on the Sunshine Coast, Wall will rock up in the Bungie Smugglers. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, what geez. a sight. Are you guys, are you guys pr- providing the sunscreen for me? Or what, <laughs> that's that's the explicit <laughs> warning right there. <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh. Um, all right. We will get to grand final preview. But there are, like I said, it's award season. And we're going to start with the NRL Grassroots Award winners. So this is the community winners. So non- Rugby league players. Volunteer of the year went to Wendy Povey, New South Wales. Um, she's the heart of Morpeth Junior Rugby League Club. And I'm sure we all know 
a volunteer in our club that basically has a hand in everything and ensures that everything's running as it should be uh, from raffles all the way through to gate money um, through to announcements. So congratulations to Wendy Povey, volunteer of the year. So community rugby club, sorry, community rugby league club of the year uh, was a narrow mind jets rugby league club in New South Wales. So congratulations to Narromine. Uh, young person of the year, Ethan Garten from Queensland. So he's 15 years old. Has made a significant difference to his club, the Highfields Eagles. And so he's a player, a referee, a league safe water runner, a ball boy, um, as well as a, it says here, budding coach. So I'm assuming that he's going through his coaching qualifications as well. Uh, teacher of the year, spoiler alert, I didn't get it. It was Alyssa Bader from Northern Territory. Teacher has provided the students with significant opportunities to become involved in rugby league activities. And the Women in League Award goes to Jessica Ashcroft from New South Wales, member of the Forbes Magpies Junior Rugby League Club. Uh, oh, sorry. And the Indigenous Community Award, Victor Wright from New South Wales. So congratulations to all the award winners in the public sector of our rugby league family. A big rundown of each of those award winners is on nrl.com.au. All right, Daly M Award Night was, what night are we? Wednesday night? Yep. Yes. Why wasn't it over two nights? I really liked that from last year. But anyway. Was it last year? Was it last year? I don't even year? have time to watch it at once. I swear it was last year. <laughs> yeah. No, short and sharp, mate. Get it over and done with. I oh, like the suspense of knowing who's going to win nah. from 15 points in front. Nah, okay. <laughs> so... Let's start with a more important team in the academic team of the year. Uh, so these are the players. Mr. Mr. Boy. Hey, these guys are set up for after the league as long as they don't stuff it up. Um, and Clint Gutherson gets to captain a team. Look at that. Or is he captain of the Eels? He doesn't do anything ca- both, so. He's captain of the Eels, He'll be ca- he? <laughs> <laughs> captain of the premiership winning team. <laughs> are you just going for para? Minus the parent side of things, just to just to fucking rub it, rub, throw it in my face. Yeah, like, it's hard to take. Well, they're both two very powerful things, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah, looking at looking at this list, going against um, Jared. there are no there are no Penrith Panthers in the academic team of the year. So they've been yeah. focusing solely on what? the football. Um, Jerome so. Luai, he's not in there. He seems like such a smart man. Yeah, it seems like. <laughs> Must be a bachelor that's of linguistics. Just, just, All right, so second last pod, and that's the best thing Wells ever said on <laughs> yeah. it. There were nine NRL <laughs> players, four NRLW players in there. So Tom Eisenhuth, Andrew Fafida, Emma Tonegado, Lachlan Croker, Adam Dewey, Brendan Elliott, Georgia Page, Heimel Hunt, Reese Kennedy, Clint Gutherson, Tyrell Fui Mayono, Wade Egan, and Jocelyn Kelleher. Uh, so in addition to this, the NRL and Rugby League Player Association will also recognise two academic achievement awards, a male and a female player, which will be presented on Sunday to acknowledge the highest off-field wellbeing and educational achievements on Grand Final Day. Um, so Rugby League as a game is incredible with regards to the support it provides its players and staff with regards to education and training through their careers. So congratulations to all those players. Um, looking at the qualifications, it ranges from Bachelor of Business um, diploma of finance, mortgage brokering, um, and then even a Bachelor of Criminology and Criminal Justice. So players have interests off the field as well. Actually, let's do a little um, 
game show while I'm here. While I'm here. While we're here. I'm going to give you four players and four awards, and you got to match the player to the award. You guys don't have the screen over there. I was going to say Jack no. DeBellin is the um, guy who won the criminology, <laughs> wasn't he? Criminology. <laughs> Get out of here. Never found guilty. <laughs> That's why. Oh, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Oh, man. Fantastic. Oh. Bob's about to jump through the fucking screen right now. <laughs> oh, here we go. How about I go? I'll get uh, two NRL players. I'll get two NRLW players. Um, all right, here we go. Not like we should have set this up before the pod. Yeah, I know, but you know, love is what of, it is. Love a bit of radio silence. <laughs> oh man, it's no, it's no, I'm still talking while I'm like reading things. Here we go. All right, we have got Lachlan Croker, Brendan Elliott, Emma Tonegado, and Georgia Page. Are we familiar with all four players? Uh, yes. Three of them. There's your there's your silence there. Um, <laughs> Georgia Page is from the Knights, Jared. Just so you know. <laughs> I didn't and know who Emma Tonegato was. Oh, you didn't know Tonegato? Oh, yeah, who is that? <laughs> oh, get it. I've had enough of him. So here we go. <laughs> we have a Bachelor of Occupational Therapy. The well, that's Bachelor of Occupational Therapy. Yeah, that'd be Tonegato. Oh, geez, that was quick. Uh, do we have justifications for these answers? It just sounds like an OT. All right, cool. <laughs> we'll write that one down. We'll put that one in there. Um, well, right. I, I don't know. I, I I know a few. I know a few OTs, and they're they're all pretty fit. And she's just so you know, out of all an OT. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's pretty fit. No, he's not. Bachelor of Criminology and Criminal Justice. Who? who, who Lachlan Croker, Brendan Elliott, Georgia Page. Are you going to give us everything and then we match them up or not? Just one at a time? Just one at a time. Criminology. I reckon that'll be a... Oh, no. It's, it's, I know who it is. It's bloody... It's Croker. And he's, right. the, he's no good at it because he was he was looking after female. Was he? I thought that was Josh Alloway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I made the same joke twice. That's rough. Yeah, all right. Um, Sadly, well, we're too late. Well, now Master, of, Master of Cyber Security. Georgia Page. Brendan Elliott's definitely not smart enough for that. And no, I, reckon, last... I reckon it'd be a closet smart man. <laughs> Mas- so this one's a Masters of Osteopathic Medicine. Oh, fuck. And that's got to be Georgia Page. No, nah, I'm if going I've Brendan got, Elliott. If I've, got, if I've got four out of four, yeah. <laughs> well, has got four out of four. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was about to say, there's no way oh, Brendan Elliott as a full-time NRL player could get a Master in Osteotherapy. Fuck me. Bloody what, hell. Cyber security or whatever it is. So much easier. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's a master of cyber security. It's not even just a bachelor. And, like, that's top level. Yeah, Speaking right. of masters, mate, your boy over here. Four for four. Look at this. <laughs> well done, team. <laughs> His chest is out again, right. just so everyone knows. Oh, sticking out. That's it. All right. He's, Let's he just had to go to... a bit of a, a walk around his bed because he was celebrating his chest out. So we got the. I could. I, I could. Don't worry. I was gonna. Don't worry. I was gonna say something. <laughs> I was gonna say. Wall's got like the biggest room in the smallest bed, just so he's got enough space to walk around it. 
Yeah, um, so do we want to start with the Dallium winners or do we want to start with the Dallium team of the year? Oh, go go uh, team of the year. Team of the year makes more sense, yeah. I like All a right. good argument. So, uh, Dallium team of the year. What I don't have here is the nominations for each position because um, that takes a lot more time. So, we're just going to go with the winners for each. And there is uh, a, a fair few differences from the Dallium team to the Rugby League's Player Association team which we've gone over the process of in the last couple of shows. So we'll just roll it through. And what we're going to do from there is we'll give each of us, let's say two choices that we take someone out and put someone in based on how we saw the season. All right. So we're limited to two. Okay. So choose wisely. Uh, fullback was James Tedesco. Winger, Joseph Sawali and Alex Johnson. Uh, centers, Joseph Manu, Valentine Holmes, 5'8", Cam Munster, halfback, Nico Hines, prop, Payne Haas and Joseph Tarpany, hooker, Apisai Korosau, second row, Viliami Kikau and Jeremiah Nanai and lock, Isaiah Yo. Uh, there is your Dally M team of the year. I'm going to back wall here. Really, I'm happy with Nico Hunt getting it, but I would have loved to see Ben Hunt get it for this year. He's done it. He's had a fucking good effort. Um, that's the only thing I'd potentially change, but I still don't agree with two people winning the same award. I don't like it. Yeah, no. Nah. I, I I just want one of them to win it, and that is all. That's fine. You're a Dalian center of the year. You only need one center. You're the best center out of all. Of them. There you go. So what the one one of James my argument is the whole concept. Fifty percent of fifty percent of centers couldn't play on the other side of the field anyway. It's called look at looking outside of the box. Most halfbacks can't play both sides of the field. Yeah, but like I like I said, I'm happy Nico Hines got it. Like that's a cool guy to get it, and he's been super humble ever since, and it's been really really good. He had a great year too, and he got Dalian Player of the Year, so he kind of had to. But. On the other hand, I would love to see Hunt get it this cap off the year. That's all I'm saying. All right. Anything else um, outrageous? Well, that's one, Jared. We'll come back to you. That's like the most. Oh, no, my other one's the whole concept. That's done. Oh, okay. Jared's <laughs> done. That was easy. Up you go, uh, I think the only one I really disagree with is Payne Haas's prop. I thought he had probably yeah. his worst year in the last three. Uh, RCG yeah. could have been a look. RCG, yeah. Him or Fisher Harris. Fisher Harris, yeah. Tino. Uh, All the usual suspects. I, I would have been happy with any of them. David Clemmer. Um, <laughs> um, and Tolman. What did he play? Like, lock pro. Who? Pat Carrigan. He played a bit of both. Nah, he's lock most of the year. He's a grub, mate. He got suspended. Oh, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, um, See, Huss, Huss was up. only in the legal system, not the NRL system. So it's all That's good. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, like, yeah. I'd. I might stick with the theme of the legal system. I I would have gone Jack DeBell for lock. Um, <laughs> nah. Um, I yeah, well, he really got suspended for two years. Carrigan only got suspended for six weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd change anything else. I'd love to argue against Nico Hines getting half back over Hunt, but the more I thought about it, like I still don't agree with him getting 38 votes because I think he yeah. just stepped foot on the field a few times and got three yeah. votes. Like uh, I was listening to him on... Um, the captain's run with Ben and Kemp and Cameron Smith this morning and he was saying there were two games he's like there's no way I'm going to get any votes for he got five votes like that's coming from the guy himself saying yeah. I didn't think I was going to get any votes and then he somehow got five votes in those two games so it goes to show that 
I, I understand it because you look at that shark scene. There's not a lot of people that actually scream out like, "I want to steal votes off him." Other than that, Moylan late in the year, who else was taking votes off him? Will Kennedy at the start, for, maybe he was suspended and then um, mm. injured. And um, how, how many points did he end that, up ahead of Hunt? He, like he was six ahead of Hunt and five ahead of Teddy. Yeah. So he, wow. I would have picked up a few points in a few of those games. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, actually, all right, on that, on a Ruffy, I reckon Mulatalo wouldn't have been far off getting a wing spot. Yeah. Because there would have been a fair yeah. few games where he would have picked up points. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, I've only really got the issue with halves. That's that's really it. The rest of it I'm, I can live with. I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy. Um, Sawali got Players Association and Dalian only because I'm stoked at how Roosters handled him. Like, you compare that to Newcastle and Tonga, they essentially gave him the keys to the fucking little kingdom when they signed him and went, mate, you've got to save us and pull us out of the thing. And he struggled with that. Sawali, he got signed for a lot of money and they went, look, you're going to be protected until you're ready. And he came on, this is his first full-time year. He was in and out last year a little bit. And he absolutely killed it because he had that yeah. had that progression correct, um, correct progression, sorry. Not just, mate, have fun. See you later and I hope you can survive kind of thing. Like it was, the Roosters done a really good job with him and they should be commended for his first full year, him getting that spot. It was really, really positive. I like it. Well, what about the the patience of him as well? Like He got brought across. They changed the rules so he could play first grade last mm. year and he got, what, five games? Yeah. And he wasn't kicking and screaming, throwing the toys out of the cot. He well, got he's used to playing fun. against men. The dickhead who found him. Reserve grade. <clears throat> yeah, but it's... like he played against men in reserve grade for, 12, uh, for a season and then came out and look how well he went in the second season. That's where That's he's right. You look no, at people was... like Sloan who have got less of a right to feel hard done by are the ones that are throwing the toys out of the cop because they're not getting what they want. Yeah, I, I think this was... is an advantage of being a fan of overseas sports and seeing when you have a high, like a top-end prospect like Suwali, it's still really rare for them to break in in the first season. Um, and if they do, it's a handful of games and you'll see flashes of what they can do. But like, well, they're coming up against men for the first time in their life for a lot of them. Um, NFL and NBA is different. They pretty much come straight from college into the big league um, because they just churn through players so quickly. Baseball and hockey, they'll get, they could be one of the top talents of their year. And some of them won't see the top level for three years. And they're dominating juniors, but then they'll be in the lower divisions against men to get their body ready to be used to the physicality of the week in, week out against dudes that could be like 20, 30 kilos heavier than them or whatever. Yeah. Like- and how they brought Suwali along mirrors that a lot more. And I think sometimes we get, well, this guy's got all these wraps and he's doing nothing. It's like, well, and we, I've used Fafida as an example before. They're learning the game at this level if they're pushed in too early because they skip all of that Q Cup, New South Wales Cup stuff. They'll play six games there and they'll throw in the NRL because they've scored six tries. Yeah, but yeah, they haven't run the ball just... back consistently against a decent kicker and all that sort of stuff. It takes time. So I do commend, I agree with you, Jared. I, I commend with how the Roosters have done it. And, and another part of it is that at that age, you get injured because you're playing against men. Mm-hmm. And it's been a massive issue with me. Like, you know, Reese Walsh was essentially brought down in New Zealand to win their games and he was everything was so dependent at such a young age and he was 
not caught a lot of big injuries, but very consistent. Rabban Bess, Caleb Boyevich. Yeah, that, just... that race that race Walsh runs a bit different though because Brisbane said he wasn't ready and he was like, "Well, I'm ready to play first." Okay, first yeah, and... I'll, I'll cop that. But like, look at Newcastle how they handled their young fellas. It's just been chalk and cheese to what Roosters did, and they're suffering for it, and it's right. horrible. And yeah, I, so I just don't. It's it's a massive issue with me when someone goes, "Oh, that 19 year old shit," because he consistently gets injured. His body's not ready for it. You compare that to someone like Maria Hargraves, he's been playing the cult. He's his body is that battle scarred and fucking like hardened from playing in the NRL for however long Maria Hargraves has played. He rarely gets a contact injury because he's so ready for it. But then, yeah, it, it just, um, Roosters should be absolutely commended for how they handled it. And it's just going to make Sawali a generational player the way he's going. He doesn't even jump into my head as a player who scored heaps of tries this year. I'd have to look it up. It might be like 17 or something or 15. I don't know. But it'd be hard to push him out of the New South Wales team next year. What what he showed um, from my point of view, one, he's playing out of position. He's pretty much played um, fullback or center. Um, Which is another thing. great thing, though. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's all the little stuff off, off the ball. Um being in the right positions after a kick has gone downfield, if it's gone to the opposing wing at Tupo, he's getting there um, nice and quick. It's positioning in defense. It's his um, want and desire to go after the high ball instead of letting it bounce. Um, it's his ability to nullify grubber kicks in and behind the line. All those little things that are so important for a winger outside of just scoring tries. And they're the little things that get found out, I think, more often by the skilled attacking players of the opposition um, then catching the ball and putting it down on the end of a backline move. And those are the things that I, I wouldn't be surprised had a role in, especially the rugby league, rugby league players association uh, voting. Um, yeah. That, that's, I've been a fan of Swally from the start. I, I, he's got so much more still to give. I can't wait to see what he um, grows into. The, the name that should, Jumped out to me outside of Haas was kick out. And then I was thinking, because I'm horrible at thinking on the spot, of which seconder I'd put in there instead. Outside of Nano. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, with Sean Lane, how much of that's recency bias, though? Because he's finished the season a lot better than he kind of. I don't know. I reckon, he's, I reckon he's been, him and Dylan Brown have been the two best players all year. Oh, oh, he, he was oh, coming oh, off the bench early in the season, though. For, for all Smokey in. Yeah. Nah. No, for, he was. for all Smokey in. What about Olakate? Yeah, that's he, what I was thinking. He's, but was, he's lost that seven in a row. He he did nothing to finish. Yeah, him. but he, he he was like after Travoyevich went out, he was like the only attacking weapon they had at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, he would have got free a fair amount of free points. Is my is my point? Like oh, half much of the year, he, he was probably the best back row. Then you got Claude Matangi is another one. He had a strong yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claude um, definitely would have warranted both, both consistency. Both Consistency, Angus Crichton. Yeah, oh, he was just playing the same He was he was similar to Sean Lane. He, they both started off the bench at the start of the year because for the Eels they had Papalihi and um, Nick Corey. Nick Corey starting, and um, who was the other one that was rotating in as well? Uh, they had another one. Bryce Cartwright. No, no, no. Fucking Oakland. I might have picked up an injury. Are you, are you sure about this? I don't want to. No, no, I'm I'm pretty wrong. sure. All right, Walsh showed me up this then. I, we went back and had a look. No, it was me. Sean, they did start. Maybe I was just wasn't watching Parramatta or he didn't do anything. 
Don't uh, question my Parramatta knowledge. Oh yeah, there we go. All right. So the um, what I'll do here then, we're just going to run through each player. Um, I just want you to put up a notable, uh, like your next your next choice for that position. Um, if Fuck you had to have hell. the next choice, so fullback, Tedesco, or... or no, no, Edwards. Yeah, see, I was leaning that way as well, and it, it disgusts me. But um, no, he's, he's a good player, and, he, and he's seen as the hardest working fullback with regards to meters and oh, uh, around to the be field honest, and all that sort of stuff. He does. I, I've got one of the biggest hard ons in the world for James Tedesco. I love the bloke, but I know. on the other hand, I wouldn't have been mad if Dylan Edwards won it. All right. Well, he's uh, ten votes behind him. Wingers, so Johnson and Sawali are off the board. Uh, I'm throwing Addo Carr into the mix straight away. Um, despite a very slow start, we, we saw how he finished the season and then um, it just kind of amplified in the Prime Minister's Daniel game. Daniel Tupo, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, no, he ran. He won it in the no. regular player association. Oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that, him there. And then throw Smokey in. I would have gone, no, gone Murray, Tulagi <laughs> and Josh Addo Carr. Edric Lee. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's a luggy I think Ado Carr will try with the next best, I reckon. Um, yeah. oh, uh, uh, Daniel Tupo would be there, and oh, yeah, or, like, yeah. or Molotalo. Oh, Molotalo, yeah, right. Uh, centers Joseph Manu and Valentine Holmes, Justin Norm, yeah, Zach Lomax, <laughs> Lomax, back up. Um, yeah, no, I'll go all of my, I, I, I love all of too. He's a really good and solid player. Um, before Origin, Talakai's probably another yeah, option. I was going to say before Origin, Talakai, but after Origin, he's lost his everything. Everything. Yeah, I think Senna was a um, a position of uh, patches or streaks. I guess there's a lot of players through the comp that had, yeah, like those five or six weeks. Like both the Canberra centers finished the season so much better than they started it. Uh, you've already mentioned Talakai. Peter Hicku had a really strong second half of the year. Um, Cooler had a really good patch kind of in the middle before he fell away as the rest of Manly did. Um, Evan Best had a really solid 10. Campbell Graham. I think against the Bulldogs. Yeah, Campbell Graham finished the season really well. Gay Guy started the Mm. season um, well, finished it really poorly. In the Um, first two games. Yeah. uh, I'm trying to think. um, Penrith. Targo. Targo. Otago, there we go. He's, yeah. Yeah, he, he was on fire the side of the end. He, he's kind of cooled off as um, rookies can do. Um, who else? I thought Lomax's finish of the year was really yes, good. Yes, yes, definitely. First half, not so much. I'll never respect yeah. that bloke for not holding on to Sergis. Move on. <laughs> he's moved on to the Roosters, so he got yeah. rid of <laughs> I feel like there's a uh, real obvious one kicking us in the face and we haven't thought about it. What team did we... We covered South, yeah, Jesse, we covered Bulldogs. Yeah, he was solid enough. Storm. Warriors didn't South. have anyone Roosters. stay the whole way through. Oh, Smokey Penasini. Yeah, yeah Penis, his back after the years, but I know. Yeah. 5-8, yeah. um, I think it. it was three players were leaps and bounds in front yeah. of everyone else. Um, Munster, Brown and Dearden. I can't see anyone outside of those three. Well, I, 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 I want to throw Kiri in there toward, at the back end of the year. He, he, but he, he didn't pulled, play, though. Like He pulled them over the line. Yeah, but we're oh, talking about... Up, he Sam Walker played very well at the back end of the year. Dearden played... Oh, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> those, three are, oh, those three are well ahead, but I'm saying 
Kerry deserves <laughs> a mention, I reckon. Okay. Uh, halfback without Hines, we'd all agree to be Hunt. Yes. Yeah, we yeah, already talked about Payne Haas. Jerome Hughes, if he stayed on the field. But didn't. Uh, Payne Haas, we already talked about. Um, I guess any, like, if you had to take, I think we talked about enough others that could fill both positions in Fisher Harris, Tino. Um, who was the other one you guys mentioned? Campbell Gillard. Well? Campbell Gillard, cool. Uh, Hooker. Marnie. Ooh. Nah. I think um, it, it was a two horse race between. Horace Young Grant. Oh, I'd throw Reese Robson in there as Reece well. Reese Robson, yeah, actually yeah. Robson, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just still resenting. Blake, Blake Braley's had a good year. <laughs> you can't, you can't say it didn't help his career so far. No, uh, no, that's right. I, I reckon Bra- yeah, Blake, Blake Braley's had a pretty, yeah, good pretty, pretty breakout year. Yeah, for him, like he, he's a very underrated player in that central. Uh, not Central area, Central Granola area team. That's what you saying. Uh, I think we talked about second row enough as well. Uh, Lock. Who won so, it? Jack DeBellin. Isaiah, yo. Fuck off. I'm going to throw Tom oh, Barlow in or uh, Mario. Tom Tom Murray. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a three-horse race there, too. To be yeah. Hell of uh, a freeway. Actually, actually, one other prop that could have snuck in, Ruben Cotter. Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. See? So, yeah. um, Paddy Carrigan, if he didn't get suspended, could have been, could have been good for Locke as well. All right. Let's... Uh, We've got a little bit here before we go on our first break. So Nico Hines, uh, we already mentioned, did pick up the 2022 Dallium Medal Player of the Year. 38 points uh, is the highest tally by an individual player in NRL Premiership history. Uh, finishing ahead of James Tedesco on 33, uh, Ben Hunt on 32, Cowboys fullback Scott Drinkwater, we didn't even just mention then, on 23 points, and Dylan Edwards also on 23. So three fullbacks... And two halfbacks in the top five. Um, they do mention how hard it is for a forward to win this outside of a dummy half. Um, I, I I know like a lot of people started the year, and I think it was twelve rounds in ish. Um, looking at Adam Reynolds as the buy of the season, and um, and even during that time, it's not like Hines was playing poorly. Uh, but there's no there's no doubting throughout the entire season, um, he was not only the the buy of the season, but to me, the most surprising with regards to the success he had, not because of the talent that he has, but from everything I'd seen personally that he'd done at Melbourne, I didn't see how he was going to translate that into a halfback. Um, he's just so different to the style of halfback that we see physically, how he plays the game. I just didn't see it happening. And um, I'm so glad I was, surprised it, it, it was a pleasure to watch this year and um 21 try assists 29 line break assists six tries 83 goals um almost 10 kilometers in kick meters off and career high totals in offloads tackle breaks running meters averaging 117 meters a game as a halfback i'm not surprised they're all record career totals because most of his career so far melbourne has been coming off the bench or um. Uh, what was he playing at Storm? Mostly fullback, so he's going to he's going to get running meters. But yeah, I I'm surprised by how many points he garnered or got. Um, but I'm not going to take away his win. Uh, no, nah. based on the he's a deserved winner. He's a deserved winner. I was surprised in the the point total. I, I was I was really interested in the article because. 
he kind of left Melbourne in the with the thing in the background going, Melbourne players don't do well when they leave Melbourne. And, he, and he's definitely proved that wrong this year. He's one of the few who done well. But he walked into the Craig Fitzgibbon's office at the start of the year. And Craig Fitzgibbon goes, "What? why can't you be the Dalian player of the year? He literally said that to him. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? And Nico Himes was like, oh, mate, I'm just here. Like, this is the first time I've met you since we you recruited me kind of thing. And Fitzgibbon's like, well, why why won't you aim for the best? And Nico Hines' reaction to that was, well, why can't I? And then he actually went and himself hired a uh, mental health coach who mm-hmm. he spoke to three times a week, every week for the entire season. And he he classed himself as a classic overthinker before he walked onto the football field. But this mental health coach obviously put things in place to assist him with that. And he, he credits the way he was able to play throughout the entire year with this bloke. And for such a young guy to be mature enough to walk out of that meeting with his new coach and go, this is how I'm going to react is, well, Wolves got a, Wolves got an issue with how Tyrell Sloan's acting um, right now. You know, we, we touched on how, Bruce's handle in Joseph Swallow for a young bloke. It's such a mature decision to react from that, go out and go on the limb and spend his own money to hire this bloke, to chat to him three times a week, and that's the results of it. This shows how how much mental health is, like how, how, how strong mental health is in professional sports. So it's really good. Uh, I like the story in that one. Connor Health, I do work in mental health, so it kind of touched a nerve for me. Kind of wish I had the balls to have done that like 10 years earlier than I did. Does make a massive like, difference, so huh? Exactly, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like it, it, at a young age, you're not thinking you need it, and then you just realise that it could have unpacked a lot of shit. Yeah, at it when you're older. Yeah, and um, yeah, we'll come back after a quick break with Wolves points and um thoughts, and we'll give me his, his final um platform, I guess, to talk about Ben Hunt's uh season. <laughs> it was we we all agree. I think would also have been a deserved winner. Oh, that, that, was, that was your cue. Well, there we go. Yeah, let's go. Oh, sorry. What are my points on again? <laughs> Nico Hines? Or... Nico Hines, and I said this is a final platform for um, Ben Hunt's season. You, you, you to come pitch, over to ben, Hunt. ben Hunt. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, to, uh... I, I think he was hard done by being behind Tedesco, to be fair. Like, I, Tedesco mm. had that patch in the season where he incredible. Um, but I, I agreed. I think you said it a couple of weeks ago. His end of the season, while good, um, there's a reason, reason, but the games that the Roosters were winning, um, he was going above and beyond even what he usually does. And when he became half mortal, the results kind of weren't there. Whereas I, I think Hunt's level through the entire season was slightly, slightly better. But yeah, that's just just um yeah, just on Nico Hines, I I've sort of followed him very closely, still pretty much since he I guess he really. Yeah, since he broke out last year, I've listened to a few of his pod, like a few of his interviews and stuff like that. And like, yeah, Jared touched on the mental health and then that mindset coach that he employed. And, um, you know, I think it's probably what he's learned going, he's gone the, the long way to the NRL. Like, obviously, he got cut from Manly, another Manly junior that slipped through. But anyway, yeah. um, got cut from Manly when he got injured, went up north, and then he went through a big depression phase. and. And it wasn't until that happened that 
I think it was it was either the captain or the coach of the Mackay Cutters at the time mm. said to him, you know, mate, you need to get your off field sorted because he just he was playing shit footy and he'd never had to worry about that before. And then that was when it really clicked for him. He got got back around his family, you know, got rid of a lot of the negativity in his life and just threw himself into it. And you know, it's it's good to see people learning about that. Like I, we would know that just even with our day to day jobs, if you're not in the right headspace you're not going to be able to perform right so um and we, yeah and we don't know what it's like with the media pressure coming down and absolutely. you dickheads running podcasts for right. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um that's why i said oh. like I, he's, he's a really likable person yeah. and you oh. the way he talks about he's so open about everything and um it's just why so many people just sort of get drawn to him because he has that likability about him and he, he's and his footy goes with it what about Ben Hunt? Ben Hunt, um, a bit disappointing. Like I, I actually thought his points was about right. I was um, the day before the Dalians, I was going through his last half of the year, and I thought he had he was on nineteen points at round twelve. I thought he had four, four more man of the matches in there, which would have taken him to thirty one points, and he ended up with thirty two. So, um, he, I think he, we let him down. Obviously, we only won six games after we went behind closed doors, but. I think he, he probably shot himself in the foot a little bit too with the the Titans and Tigers games. We won both of them, but he just wasn't heavily involved in those two games. It was when Junior Ramon really took over and, and won those games. So um, he probably could look back on those and seen that he should have probably picked up three points if he was a bit more involved. But, I mean, it's a great year for him. Like, yeah. You're seeing what he's done as a, as a leader since Hawks put him in charge. And his last two seasons, last year, he would have gone close to winning the Dally if he didn't get injured. Um, and I was in a team that was worse than this, this year's team. So um, he's really grown as that leader. He's he's performing in the bigger moments now, which has always been his big, biggest criticism after 2015, obviously. Um, I still get a smile on my face thinking about him getting that runaway try in, in Origin 3. As does Jared, I'm Even sure. Even Jared's smiling. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're still cleaning up the fucking mess from that, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's 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 really good to see. He looks like he's enjoying his footy. Um, hopefully, we it's sounding like we're going to keep him for another couple of years as well, which is good. So, um, hopefully, he can continue, and then the the players around him can actually continue to, you know improve. So that it's not all on his shoulders. And if he does have a quiet game, we're still competitive. T- tell you Alrighty. what, you remind me of a grandmother. You know that? Me? Yeah. You guys have a real, perfect marriage. Serious couple, conversation. You're having a really serious, you're being like really mature. And then you just fucking throw a dig in there that's really subtle and just move on. That, that's like, the best like, time to do it. I know, <laughs> exactly. It's a grandma move. That's the best. You, you, you just right. like, oh, Nico Hines doing really good. Bowed out of Manly, Manly Junior, he a shit bloke. Out of yeah. And then kept Before going really Jared seriously. Going further with his grandma fascination. Let's uh, let's have a look at the NRL <laughs> team of the year, uh, which is quite interesting. You've got the Knights and the Eels, obviously in the grand final, and there's only three players combined between the two teams that made the NRL uh, W team of the year. Obviously, this is regular season, not finals. Uh, but the heavily dominated by the, the Roosters. Let's have a look. So fullback, Sammy Bremner, wingers, Jamie Chapman and Tegan Berry. Uh, centers, Isabel Kelly, Jess Sergis, 5'8", Taryn Aiken. That whole back line, that whole back five were Dragons players at one stage. Unreal. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Fat Racing McGregor. 
Oh. Caitlin Johnson, Millie Boyle, uh, Hooker Keely Davis, second row Keely Joseph and Olivia Koenig, and Lock Samima Tafua. Or Taufa, sorry, I should say. I always say Tafua. Um, it's a pretty good team. Uh, I, I, I said it last time. I was really disappointed in the Roosters and watching them. It was the first time I ever got to go watch an NRLW game live down at Suncorp. And I was expe- I just was so set up to watch the Roosters just play how they played all season, just roll the eels. And they were so boring. It was such a letdown. Um, but I think I this team here is, yeah, you did. And I, I said on the last pod as well, uh, well, called, well, well called it. And but I think this team here does represent the Roosters' dominance in the regular season, undefeated. And all the players picked there in the key positions you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find a player in that position from the other teams that were better for the entire season. Um, maybe outside of Tamika Upton for fullback. Um, she was rested for a game as it was Bremner, so it's like, uh, who knows there? Um, any Anything jump out to you guys that you would feel someone was hard done by oh. in, in this lineup here? Nah, it's hard to argue with that, to be fair. Like, um, I thought, I actually thought Jess Sergis had a pretty quiet year. Yeah, uh, that's probably season. the thought, Penetani thought, mate, might have been able to jump in there. Or, or in Patrick Gregor, Patrick Gregor's mm-hmm. first two against was huge. Um, yeah, Penetani was, was really strong, like, whenever Para played well, came off the back of her. So they're probably two you could throw up as that extra centre. Um, I actually thought Kezi Apps was huge this year playing. Yeah, she too. was. So. It was, um, it was um, Chelsea Lamaduzzi. La, 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 La yeah. Steph Hancock, even. She, yeah. she was massive for time. Uh, the, but it was a, um, you know, the, there was a big thing about Newcastle. They made the grand final women, but they bought, you know, Millie Boyle, Tamika Upton, and a few others. But Caitlin Johnson actually played for them last year at prop. Mm. And I don't know. You know, the more confidence or the tutelage, um, if you want to call it, under Millie Boyle. But she has gone ahead and leaps and bounds this year. She's absolutely killed it. And um, I'm really happy she got a run there. It, it was obvious being there, considering they were two quite dull games. Um, the Newcastle Ford pack uh, were absolutely dominant over the Dragons, not just in attack, but in defense. So, uh, the Dragons had so many chances and they kept trying to play through the middle of the Knights um, to try and get some go forward there. But Knights didn't give an inch. And then who, who's the one who comes off the bench even for the Knights? Um, real, like, an even bigger girl than the two starters. She was uh, she was brilliant. Oh, no, maybe that was Caitlin Johnson. Brilliant. No, it was. No, Sorry, no, that Caitlin was... Caitlin Johnson a, started. Yeah, no, it was in her second stint. It must have been because it was the second half. Right. She was... Her, some of her defence... Goal line defense because that was down oh, our end. Um, was that huge. Taylor Taylor Predabon was had a lot of impact off the bench as well. She's a very similar build to Caitlin Johnson. Okay. So, but Johnson made that like um, kind of mini break in the second half as well. Yeah, which pretty yeah, much, yeah, yeah, no, it was her. Um, yeah, she, her um, and Millie were incredible in that game. But how good is how, how good is that bloke? She's partnered up with bringing her over. I can't even remember his name. I just remembered Ali her- Boyle. Adam Elliott. Didn't she bring him across? No. Yeah. Yeah. She brought him. Anyway. 
Um, so yeah, no, so, I think um, in the in the key positions, you can't really argue too much there. I thought Taryn Aitken was hands down the best five eight this year, yeah, and she was obviously Mason McGregor won the Daly M. Um, yes, yeah, I think I think they're pretty spot on. And, and I think well deserved um, for Mason McGregor. She, I, I I think with with Harbs and their influence on the game, I think out of every position. This is 100% my opinion. They're the hardest to get a read of when you're watching the game live, unless you're up higher. And we were in the the bottom section of Suncourt where you're watching the game pretty flat and it gives you the impact of the game, gives you the speed of the game. You don't, it's hard to see the intricacies, like how much space there really is and all that sort of stuff. Um, So I didn't get a great read on her performance in the prelim final, but the other games that I've watched of her this year, she, to me, the decision-making um, of when to run, when to pass, when to have the ball in two hands, when to wrap it under the wing um, is what set her apart this year compared to last year. Because when you're playing in a team as stacked as the Roosters, similar to Cooper Cronk when he moved to the Roosters um, and obviously when he was at Melbourne as well, it's when do you use which skill? Because you need to unlock the talent around you and you can't just give them the ball in a position that they're not going to succeed in. And there's a skill in that itself. And I thought that was the biggest step forward with regards to what uh, McGregor's game was this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure she, she even get a run last year. I thought, I thought I heard her say on a speech, she couldn't even, she was struggling to even find a contract last season. So um Oh, that might have been the season before the one at the start of this year. Yeah, because she definitely played for Um, them. Yeah, like it, she's just, yeah, plays with so much control. And I guess when you've got so much strike around you, sometimes you can just focus on being a half instead of, you know, having to create everything yourself. You can just spell, all right, well, use this person at this point. If I see something, I can back myself and you know that everyone else is going to react to it. So, um, yeah, no, she, she was outstanding this year. Alrighty, let's um, wrap up Dalian's there. We're going to move on to some signings news here. So the Warriors and Titans have both added to their Ford stocks for 2023. Warriors picked up young back row Jackson Ford on a two-year deal from the Dragons and the Gold Coast secured Joe Stimson from the Bulldogs on a two-year contract. Now, we've been, well, me and Jared, I'm not sure about, well, actually, with regards to Joe Stimson moving from Melbourne to Bulldogs, why the hell wasn't he getting some game time? Especially last year when they were just, oof, let's not even talk about that. And then now he's picked up a two-year contract at the Titans. Last year, sweet, run on roll. Where's he actually going to play now, these at the Titans, in the second row position? Both Fomor on one side and David Fafita on the other side. And then you've got yeah, Tino. It's a weird, weird uh, signing. Well, I like it from the Titans' point of view. I don't understand it from Joe Stimson's point of view, unless there was literally nothing else out there. Um, it's like if he's not beating out the Bulldogs' second rows, no offence to Corey Waddell and insert other player, or Josh Jackson. Well, he played a lot of lot this year as well. Yeah, he was like Jack Hetherington. Yeah, like, God, if you're not beating out Hetherington or you're not beating out Josh Jackson at this point of his career... Um, what are your chances of knocking out Fermor and Fafita, who are both younger than you? And, and it's not like he's the kind of player that can play in the middle, really, like to have much no. impact in the middle. 
And they've still so, got SASA, they've still got Sam McIntyre, they've still got um who's the other I'm thinking of coming off the bed. No, SASA just signed with the Dolphins. Sorry? Sorry. No, he was there this year. Yep. No, he's moved because he couldn't even get he couldn't even get consistent playing time there. And we thought he was yeah, gonna be a big got, signing um, coming from the Knights. Payne Haas's younger brother too, he's a back row. Yeah, and he's just Please upgraded help. from development contracts. So yeah, interesting, but we don't know what else has been out there for him. Uh, with regards to Jackson Ford going to the Warriors, and they let go of Jack Murchie. Uh, they've brought in Jackson Ford. They've also lost Alicia Katawa. So it, Jackson Ford's like, I guess a word you'd use for him is honest. Uh, yeah. I guess I didn't is see him like moving Jacob the needle. Host? Yeah, yeah, Jacob Host. Um, Jackson Ford. It always used to confuse me when you guys had Jack, uh, yeah, Jacob Host, Jackson Ford, Josh Kerr, Ron all Jays, these, Jack all these, Burr, yeah, all Jack these days. And I was just yeah. like, oh god, and they're all like similar players except Kerr is just a bit bigger. Um, yeah. So they're getting an honest yeah, player, I, kind of like a, a, I don't mind. You and Aitken replaced. Yeah, I didn't mind Ford. He was he's versatile too. He can play middle or edge. He just he's just one of those guys that they just love to drop. But like he'd always just seem to be the. Not a scapegoat, but I'll be lost. He'd get a couple of games and he'd, he'd disappear into Zerko for half a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, kind of what Joe Simpson was, what was happening to Simpson at the Bulldogs. All right. Um, let's have a look. So, grand final day with the NRLW's inclusion. So, there's three games. The first one is the quote unquote Super Bowl match of Q Cup versus New South Wales Cup winners. So we've got the Penrith Panthers taking on North Devils in the first game on grand final day. And obviously the New South Wales Cup winners in Penrith, part of that historic day where they won the SG, SG Cup, uh, Jersey flag and New South Wales Cup. Um, and the Devils being a Broncos feeder club. So they'll be having, um, they've got players such as Tyson Gamble, they would have had um, Tyrone Roberts. However, he is out due to... What happened to him? Oh, I can't remember. The loss of four NRL player. I can't see. What happened to Roberts? I'd forgotten about that. Oh, no idea. Oh, no. See, there's some... There's some um, the thing. I knew the desiccated elbow, but that was um, Braden McGrady. That's going to be a huge loss. Um, he scored the winning try last week, and he's been... a He's been the top try scorer for the year for the Devils. Um, so they lost him. Um, so outside of Gamble, Tyron Roberts was the other like steady hand in that team. Oh, Brendan Piakura. Um, he's been really good, especially in the final series. You've got Kieran Mosley, um, Central experience there in at dummy half. And then Lloyd Perrett coming off the bench, who spent time at however many number of NRL clubs. Um, for the Penrith Panthers, you've got Robert Jennings. Uh, in its centre there, you got Kurt Falls in at halfback, had some NRL playing time this year. Sony Luke, Matt Eisenhuth, Preston Rickey. Uh, Sean Sullivan playing? No. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood, Eddie Blacker, uh, all guys that have all played some NRL football before. Um, I'm going to look through. No, no Sean O'Sullivan. What if it's because he might be 18th man or something for the. No. Nah. No, he's not on the reserves either. So well, for the uh, no, no, for the um, NRL grand final. Oh, okay, yeah, true. So as a look, uh, his role is even more crucial now that Sean O'Sullivan is out. 
Two's out. Mm. So there we go. All right. Um, literally based on Tyron Roberts factor, he's in the reserves. Um, so there's a chance he can come in, but by the look of the right up here, that chance is quite low. Um, I have to give Tyson a, I have to give credit to Tyson Gamble and how he's played the last two weeks. This is his level of footy. He looks good at this level. Um, he should stay at this level, um, in my opinion. He just doesn't – his skills here um, shine, and those skills at NRL level are standard, if that makes sense. Uh, he, he's been quite impressive. He's been a, a focal point of the North Devils' attack um, in a very low-scoring game against the Dolphins last week. His experience did play a, a quite a substantial role. Um, looking at the two teams, how they've gone through the finals, Penrith prevailing over the Bulldogs 29-22. I'm going to give the edge to the Panthers. Uh, I think they've just got more experience across the board and that's going to see them on the biggest stage that most of these players have played or all these players have played on. Um, should give them the edge over the Devils. In my opinion yeah. there. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I kind of want Penrith to win. This game just to see them win all four, <laughs> to be honest. Like, it, it, it'd be. They're not going to win the NRL. That's a later conversation, Wallace. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I am looking. Like, I think Pembroke will win. I think the New South Wales Cup is a bit stronger than New South Wales uh, Queensland Cup as well, just because there's a lot more NRL level players playing it. Like, Sean O'Sullivan's running around New South Wales. I know he's not playing this weekend, but Sean O'Sullivan isn't an NRL standard halfback and he's playing running around reserve grade. Um, you know, there's a few few players in the New South Wales Cup team that I just see as a lot stronger than the Queensland Cup team. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm going to back Jared up with some stats here. Um, so, at the end of the regular season, Penrith... Don't waste, had, stats. Don't waste stats on Jared. So, they were the highest scoring team in the New South Wales Cup and also had the best defensive uh, rate as Absolute well. Absolute waste of time. Their for and against was pretty good. So, I think scoring more points in the opposition per game and defending more points is, is pretty important. Um, whereas the Devils didn't finish anywhere near the best on either. They were the seventh best attack and fifth worst side in defense. The difference they had was once it got to the finals, um, they jumped to another level, whereas the other teams didn't. Well, as much, I should say, not didn't. And big match up here, the two players that have had the most impact on their attack, Kurt Falls for Penrith and the fullback, uh, O'Hearn for, oh, sorry, O'Hearn for the Devils. Um, out of their... 26 oh, – he's been involved in 26 tries as a fullback, setting up 20 and scoring six of them himself. He's a ball guy at the back, Jack Ahern. So, oops. let's go, Devils. Uh, Jacob Gagan in the centre is another one to watch. All right. So, grand final day. We've got state championship on at 1.20 um, Australian Eastern daily time. So, that will be what? The daylight saving? Yeah, it's daylight savings now. Yeah, okay. So it's um, one twenty in Queensland, twelve twenty in New South Wales for the Penrith no, the other way. Devils. What, what time did you call? What was it? One twenty what? Yes, yeah, I said. One twenty. One twenty New South time. Wales, twelve twenty Queensland. Is what I should have said. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, cool. NRL State Championship, and then at three fifty-five, you got the NRLW Grand Final, Knights versus Eels, and at seven thirty, we have the Grand Final, Penrith versus. 
Eels. Sure, uh, you pick in Newcastle in that one. In the right. So let's sure. go to let's go to the NRLW Grand Final. So based on the prelims, um, it's going to be a toss of the coin. Based on the regular season, Knights should drop this in, uh, which is also I said that Roosters last week. Out of the four teams I saw live, the intensity and enthusiasm of Parramatta uh, was greater than the other three teams. Um, they were up for that game and they took the Roosters by surprise who just weren't in the same mental or weren't in the right mental state, to be fair, from, from what we saw. The difference with Newcastle, though, they were the most clinical and in control of the four teams. They absorbed everything the Dragons threw at them. And then when they got their chances in the second half, um, they, re- they ran away with the game. And... They didn't look rushed. They looked composed. Um, to be fair, Dragons didn't even look like scoring, even when they had the goal line pressure. Um, no. no offense, well. We, but We had a blatant try taken off us. I'm still mad. Yeah, yeah you did. Um, Fuck's sake, Walt. It's, it, it just in, is that chip on your shoulder, buddy? Just an experience. It's harder for what the Eels did. It's harder to back that up two weeks in a row then to back up what the Knights did, where they just had a controlled, composed game. And if the Knights needed to go to another level, it's still there for them to get to, whereas the Eels were playing at their top level in the prelim is is the read I got from being there live. Um, I haven't watched them on TV, so I don't know if it looked different. Yeah, Parra played their grand final last week against the Roosters. That's that's what it felt like being there. Yeah, I think they some Some could say the same about Newcastle. Newcastle will be playing this way. Mate, I'm gonna be like, at least we're in a grand final this year. Oh, um, God. All of a sudden you care about NRLW. Cause you're <laughs> I've always cared about NRLW. Something. Oh, something. oh man. No, that's no, a, no, it's I, an I NRLW I, club now, Newcastle. Like, that's the that's the path of success. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm wearing their yeah, jersey on Sunday. We talked about Um No, nah, I think Parra won. I think Newcastle should do this one pretty comfortably. What, come on, Wild! You got, you got, you got to say it, dude. No, come on, go come power. on, power double. Um, <laughs> I called it last week. It's it's replicating the roosters of last year. Accidental semi-finalists cause a boil over, and then knock off the the other heavily fancied team. So you got, oh, you got so I could, I was on, I could get on board with that if, if Parramatta had like... won it in a. If Parramatta had won it in a similar style to how Newcastle had won it, I just uh, they it, it seemed as though they were so emotionally and physically up for this game. I don't know. I don't reckon we should even talk about the men's up. Let's just leave it on this game. Yeah, yeah, if they'll replicate it. But in saying that, what we don't have is history of performance because it's only obviously the second season in Parramatta. So we're like, and it's not the it's obviously the it's not season in Newcastle. Yeah, but it's all. Uh, I'm just saying with how they won and how much they spent in that game. Um, the other side of it is it's only a seven week comp instead of a twenty something week comp. So, um, Parra to me just feel like not that saying that Newcastle aren't, but Parra feel like they're just they're peaked at the right time. And like don't get me wrong, Newcastle won unreal last week, and, and I'm not saying that they're not deserved favourite, but I'm just I'm smelling a sneaky upset. You gonna put money on it, mate? On, on Wall's on nose, based on last week, I would. Um, you remember also Tiana Penitani didn't play last week. She'll come in. Um, 
Well, you'd assume that she'll come in. Um, with regards to Knights, Caitlin Moran didn't play last week. I don't think there's any changes. Is there for the Knights? To make up, he's going to score a triple. Yeah. Was so, really Millie Boyle had three tries. Okay. Yeah, you gone too far. All right. So <laughs> the one change, yeah, yeah. So one change is Mackenzie Wheels name on the bench at the expense of Caitlin Moran. Um, but that also happened last week before the coach um, changed it on game day. So you're playing psych. Uh, Tiana Penatani has been included in the extended reserves for the Eels as she bows overcome a quad injury. Um, Abby Church is named to play in the centres as she did last week. Otherwise, Parramatta are unchanged. Uh, Charrington and Anderson were named on the bench last week but started. And I think it made a, a big difference, whereas this week, Charrington has now been named to start instead of the other way around. Uh, I'm going to go Newcastle, which hurts me to say, but these are my least two, my two least favourite teams in the comp. So um, Just so you know, you will, we'll be having this conversation about NRL men's next year. You wait. Battle for <laughs> battle for sixteen. You wait. Promise you right now, um, mate. Yeah, I I have no Jack interest Hamilton in the winner of this year. game. Um, outside of the fact it's NRLW, and I want I want it to do really well. So I want it to be a good game. I just really do not care who wins because I dislike both these teams as much as each other. So there's my there's my tip. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use the last fifty dollars of my money to say one of these teams will win. <laughs> I'll oh, say whatever odds oh. are better. Come on, Wall. Come on, mate. You got to. This is Newcastle. He's already said win. Newcastle. No, I, no, I'm not. I'm tipping. I'm tipping Para. All right, you, there we Ashley go. Quin, Ashley Quinlan. Ashley Quinlan. Me in the match. Or player of the match. Like it. I'll, I'll write it down. I'll write it down nowhere. All right. So we got Knights. Jared. We got Eels. Um, well, and we've got go. Uh, we've got extra time, golden point, and no winner for Hoy. It's going to be a draw, a drawn premiership. Beautiful. There we go. Let's have a look at the. Oh damn it! I just deleted the wrong page. Here we go. NRL Grand Final probably should be the key topic of this pod, and uh, we'll we'll give it some due time. Big ones here. Penrith, no late changes for the 1-17. to Taylor May has not passed his fitness test on his hamstring, so Charlie Staines will <laughs> lay on the wing. Charlie and, Staines. Oh, yeah, it's filthy. Gosh. Uh, Dylan Brown did not cha- train with the Eels on Thursday. Well, he's definite starter. Tom Opacek also didn't train. He's been ruled out. Um, Nathan Brown has been recalled to the bench in place of Bryce Cartwright. Oh, bloody hell. How Which, is it not for Jacob Arthur? That is legitimately worries me. Because it creates history with both <laughs> teams having a father-son coaching. Yeah, but one one can win it. The other one can keep a seat warm. Yes. He might not win it, but hopefully he doesn't lose it. Um, I, I did see a very... Well, not very interesting. It's, to me, it's pretty much common sense, but... I can't even remember which media pundits said it, but Nathan Brown offers a point of difference and aggression, everything coming off the bench and all that sort of stuff to try and match, obviously, the impact of Spencer Lenu coming off and then Fisher Harris and all that sort of stuff. And then I sort of replied to it, Nathan Brown won't win you a premiership, but he can definitely lose you one. Anyway, that's actually a really good point. Um, oh, that's, that's a bit harsh. He, he's, um, he hasn't played since round 17. He's going to have a lot of built-up 
fire, we'll say, or energy at least. And we do know that in the past that fire has been misplaced at times and mistimed. Um, in what, let's say just from this season, um, could be a pretty close match. I see the I see the the reasoning from Brad Arthur's point of view, but I do also see the credibility in the opposing point as well. Interesting that he's playing now and hasn't played since round seventeen when he's been eligible. So he, he had a broken thumb there as well. He's he out could, for like five or six weeks with a broken thumb. But he's been a reserve for what the last four, and has been playing New South Wales Cup. So different um, different teams though, right? Like. But he could have played against Param- He could have played against Penrith in week one, and yeah, didn't. Yeah. So maybe, I just think, maybe I just think the timing's maybe interesting BA's, now. Maybe BA's learned from yeah. week one. Could it? BA doesn't learn. <laughs> we'll see. So well, they're in the grand final, Jared. So I'm pretty sure he's learned, mate. Mate, that high horse of yours needs to relax. It's not a high horse. You, it's you're it's... the one. You just keep. <laughs> Let's have a look at the um, goalposts. It's interesting. Well, that no, they don't. don't. Oh, you just don't listen. Between the two teams, only one player is in the Dalian team of the year, and that's uh, no two. Sorry, Kikau and Coruscant, right? From my understanding. Um, so Penrith's going to just because of the, um, the media. That's my analysis. <laughs> Penrith's going to win because Para can't win three games in a row against quality teams. They're about to. <laughs> Can, no, am, I, am I, I allowed to say I don't care? <laughs> no, I'm not going to say just, that. Oh. I, I think Penrith are playing a hell of a lot better last season than they are this year, and they're still in the grand final, and that scares the hell out of me if I'm an Eels fan. Um, you say, hold on, they're playing better this season than last no, season? No, no, I think last season they were playing a lot better at this time of the year going into the grand final than they are this year, oh, which I means they've got another think- step to go. I don't think they were that good in the finals last year. They just defended well. Yeah. You look at all their games, they were low scoring and they just grinded their way to victory. Yeah, that's what happens when you're the best defensive team. But I, I think that's going to suit power, a low scoring game. You reckon? Yeah. So I think like if you, if you need to blow up points and just score as many as possible, to me that goes on the Eels over the Penrith. Um Whereas if it's low scoring, oh, I have more faith, more faith in Penrith's ability to defend in a grind over 80 minutes than I do the Eels. The Eels can do it for a good 70, but there's going to be a chink somewhere. And that might be all yeah, Penrith need. I'm just thinking of that Storm th- game last year, which is like one of the worst games in history. But I don't think that if it gets into a shootout, that Power's attack's going to break Penrith down that much. It needs to get into a physical grind. And then that's when Power's offloading and ball playing through the middle. I think that's where Penrith are susceptible. There's been two or three tries in the last two or three games through the middle mm. from that interchange of passing that I think that's where Para having Nathan Brown just playing 15 minutes either side of half time. He's another ball player in there as well, I think. So if I, you're talking really... like physicality grind, yeah, I see. I, mean, I, I was thinking more, I thought you meant more along the lines of each team's going to get through their set kick it the other team's going to get through their set kick it um low risk minimal error that sort of grime if you're talking physicality and um along those sort of lines then yeah okay i can see you i can see your point of view much more there yeah i don't think like i think if power are going to win they have to chance their arm a bit but they've got to be selective about it right like they've 
when they play their best footy, they run hard first and then they get the offload away because they've won the contact. That's how they've got to play. All right. J-Rod, Mr. Penrith over here. Your favourite team in the comp. Look, I do not want any of these teams to fucking win, to be (laughs) fair. Um, We have to. We're in a non-biased chat show. No, we're not. I've got one brother who supports Para, one brother who supports Penrith. I don't know how I'm going to survive this weekend. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh, you poor man. Oh, mate. It was brought up a lot last weekend at the 21st. Look, I... This all comes I don't down have to your life more or dislike least. That's well, all it he'll is. He'll be going for Penrith then. He's going for Penrith. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Look, I, I, I don't have time for Para, to be fair. <laughs> no, you, just, don't you, have a... you don't want Para to win. You don't want Robert No, Robert no, no. I, we, we all know what I feel about Para. Um, and it's nothing, it, a lot of it's nothing to do with Billy. So my issue is, my, I've said it all along. I, I will admit, I am surprised I made it this long. Uh, I was wrong. I was, far, I, was, I was wrong on that part, but I said all along they won't win three games in a row in a final series. Let's so put if it Paramata, that way. If Parramatta wins, the episode's going to be Wall Rolls. That's all it's going to be. Oh, Wall's not coming on next episode. If Para <laughs> wins, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I will cop it if I'm wrong. If Para win, I'll cop that hundred percent. I'll, I'll be wrong. But Ooh. on the other hand, timestamp at if Pembroke, if Pembroke win this. If Pembroke win this, Wall's got to sit down and cop it as well because he's been blatantly wrong about them as well. Blatant? They've made the grand final. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know what I'm not looking forward to? If Pembroke you know, win this, oh. the, the social media crew is saying we're as good as Melbourne. Um, <laughs> Adam, can you please tell me how if Parramatta lose the grand final, I am blatantly wrong when I tip them to win the comp at the start of the year and they get knocked out on the last day of the season? <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. We both tip the uh, same. Mate, we've got final. two minutes. I do not have the time to tell you well, how you're wrong. We'll get another. We'll get another forty. What minutes. if I throw this one? <laughs> what if I throw this one in here? South have been the best team in the comp over the last five years. I explained it last episode. Two grand finals, three prelims. Do, no team can match do, Does everyone need to listen again? <laughs> My explanation. Well, I think I need do, to, do we I need, need to, to listen to it? I honestly nah. think I need to hear it again because I don't understand how I'm so blatantly wrong. When so if we look through both at the very here, last step, we'll look at position by position, who's got the <laughs> advantage? Um, who's it going to be? Ah, <laughs> oh, Pembroke. Jeez, that was confident. All right. Easy, um, easy position Weird. by position. You got it easy. Pembroke easy, easy. Dylan Edwards over Guffo. You even said Guffo is a could. I mean, you even said Edwards could be Smokey over Tedesco early. You didn't even bring right. up Guffo. Right. No, yeah, yeah, and Staines over Sevo. So, <laughs> no, but <laughs> go Toto over Blake. By really, what? Yes, yes. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if Toto can catch a high ball. <laughs> We just weren't listening. All right. Targo and Crichton versus Penasini and Simerson. So, Crichton... Targo and Crichton. But he is... Um, it's a good battle between Targo and Penasini, though. Yeah, more, more quiet uh, this year than he has last year. Um, but, yeah, out of those back five, obviously, Penrith have got the advantage there outside of uh, Charlie Staines. Um, Harves, Luai and Cleary, Brown and Moses. It's a good battle. Yeah. Collectively, collectively, 
Um, Luai just drops them significantly, but Cleary, Cleary is a saving grace there because out of all the halves playing in, in the final series, Cleary beats Moses and Brown by a lot. Um, but Luai is just Luai's got kick out next week. He just lives off that essentially. That, that's that's just my I, I rate Cleary a lot higher than I rate Moses and Brown. That's all. Every part of play. This is this is going to be Moses' defining moment of his career. <laughs> the, the Eels. Oh, it's, I, I actually feel it in my body when I compliment the Eels that it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right. But out of out of all the players in this team, I've really enjoyed watching Brown and Moses as a combination this year. They're they're a rare halves combo where both of them um, are very comfortable running the ball and they're both dangers when they run the ball. Generally, you've got a runner and a, organizer. an organiser, which is the classic Penrith setup. Um, and I've got to give credit to Moses. His control of the games through the finals when the teams are in the position to do so has been quite good. But Except you can't... for last week. He played his worst game last week, but I actually complimented mm. Parrot for that. Yeah, and but you, you can't like uh, if Brown or Moses have the ball, you can't just switch off to the run because they can both do it. They both got a good dummy and they both got a burst of acceleration. It's it's a very I'm not gonna say rare, but it's an odd um, setup to coach against or to play against. And I really do enjoy watching them because it's what's the word I'm looking for? In, unpredictable, uh, which as a fan of that team, I could see could be immensely frustrating. Um, but is I'm not even gonna say neutral, but there are brights what that I do look for. What about the Ford pack here? Paulo, Kieran Bill Gillard, uh, up against Fisher Harris and Leota. Paulo and Kim Gillard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gillard's left on Paulo this year. It's, I'll cop that. Um, but everyone talks about fish in the Penrith pack. Leota's very underrated. Oh yeah, like, oh, he's, yeah. Been, he's been doing his job the yeah. entire year. He just does his without job without any fanfare at all, and he's very. He makes a lot of meters. He, he's playing pretty well this year, eh? Um, he reminds me a bit of um, Josh it, Perry. But the form of Campbell Gillard no wins it all over the joint. To be honest, unfortunately, the um the power the power pack is probably one of the only packs that match it with Penrith, and that's why they trouble them because they're physical and they yeah. can limit. The, the damage that that pack can do and they they offload as well so they make them do repeat efforts when when power play well so I think if anything the if anything's going to swing power's way like in favour of on paper mm-hmm. I think it's the pack yeah in my opinion yeah if, I, you've I, got I, Gillard front row on the back row Madison back row is pretty bloody good too yeah but Martin Kikau and Yo is <laughs> You can't you can't throw that under the line under the. I'm saying the, the I'm saying the pack as a whole. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going towards towers. Oh, I can't even split oh. the back rows because their skill sets are so different. Um, Isaiah Papalihi versus Liam Martin, they're both runners first, but Papalihi's got the offload in him a lot more so than Martin does, in my opinion. Even when they do hit the line, Papalihi's more damaging. In saying that, Liam Martin is one of those perfect players in setting up for the next play. Runs his line, gets to where he needs to, quick play the ball um, for the play after that. Um, kick out one of the best line runners in the game um, and is a handful to stop. 
Sean Lane, one of the best offloading second rowers in the game. Um, the the big difference here is Yo versus Madison. Um, While Madison skills... Yo beats him pretty pretty easily. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like Yo's consistency, the the gap between his best game and poor game. Wall loves Maddo. Is so close. Whereas Madison's best game is a is an uh, an elite performance, but his worst game is a. <laughs> reason why he isn't picked as a starter. Uh, it's a it's a big difference there. So my uh, uh, if Parramatta win, Sean Lane's gonna be Clive Churchill medalist. Ooh. To me. Ooh. I think a para win Mitch Moses has to be. No, I, I saw Sean Lane last week. Um to me was their best their best player and he was the reason they beat no, he, he was as much a reason as they why they beat the Cowboys as anyone else. Uh, he was out on his feet for the entire like at the end of the game, he left everything out there. And he just the one percenters that he does either keep a play alive when his team has the ball or shut a play down when the other team has it, um, is just the perfect player for a coach to have. And he can be a point of difference without the risk. Ryan Madison can be a point of difference, but there's risk involved. Bryce Cartwright is a risk with the ball in hand. I think. There's a decision why he's not in the final team. Um, I don't see so that I, risk um, with Sean Lane. See, I, I thought, and Jared's probably going to laugh at me, but I thought over the full game last week, I thought Guffer was the best player on the field. But he, mm. his, he saved probably three or four tries. And I still think that's the most underrated aspect of his game is his defensive efforts and his positioning. Those three or four efforts there kept him in the game for Sean, Sean Lane to... Like, he had a very quiet first half, Sean Lane, but he, he stood yeah, out late. I'll, I'll agree with it. But I um, the thing is, when I see if well, I see Parramatta winning, and that's just me, I know you'll laugh at me, but I think they're going to win. But I, I can see five or six people getting the Clive, Clive Churchill yeah, because they're they, all going to have to play. Yeah. They're all going to have to play nine yeah. and a half out of tens to beat Penrith. Yeah. Whereas for Penrith, I probably see maybe two or three people being in the conversation for a Clive Churchill. I don't see that. It's kind of, I guess that's a one similarity when it comes to. Um, Do you know what's fun? I think we echoed this conversation. The Roosters winning in Melbourne against Melbourne. And Melbourne, like, went two years yeah. ago when, yeah. when Pe- Melbourne beat Pembroke in the grand final. Generally, what happens when you have how, the favourite and you've got to come up with a way for the underdog. Yeah, underdog, underdog Pembroke were to win it coming into the game. And, you know, they had to have multiple players absolutely kill it to Are win it. Are you talking it. about that and, prelim? No, I'm talking about the, the grand final two years ago. Oh, okay. So it was like oh, last year. No, one <laughs> no, well, no, they were, but in saying that too, we'll rely on the everyone was kind of like, well, you know, Melbourne and Melbourne in a grand yeah. final in a big game. And yeah, like it, it, it's just amazing how far come since that two years from where they were. It's really, it's really positive though. Um, and then you go to the bench, this comparison. Oh, had a boy. He segued for me. Brilliant. Pembroke wins that because Parramatta walking on the field with sixteen players. So, well, to be so fair, what's, so um, Penrith. What's Penrith's bench? What's Penrith? Got Jamin Salmon. You got Kenny. You got oh. Kenny, Jamin Salmon, Len, uh, Lenu, and um, Scott Sorensen. Well, let, let's be let's fair. be fair. Kenny will be starting. Coruscant come off the bench. Yeah, Mate, that that's a ter- Coruscant has to play eighty. They- oh. There's no, there's no coincidence. Last week, Penrith were down twelve nil until Coruscant came up. Yeah, no, that's right. But Parramatta, they're coming up against the best team for the last three years. 
They're going to have Jacob Arthur on the on the bench, who can only play one position. We got Jamin Salmon on the other bench. You don't but need he, seventeen players. Oh, this relax. This hold up for a second. Hold, you, you do need seventeen players. Melbourne didn't. <laughs> Melbourne and Melbourne. That's right. Melbourne can carry Nico But but hold up for a second. Nico Hines is pretty good. Just just <laughs> relax. Nico Hines is Dell M winner. Thank you very much. Uh, but not two years it, ago. Just just relax for a second. Just. Before you jump down my throat, because I'll let you talk. Well, thank you very much. No, you don't. There's any Dally M's on this penalty. Right. So, my point is, Nico Hines and Jamin Salmon can play more than one position, can't they? So, if there was an injury... Can they I can say I have sweet, no they, idea? No, hold up, hold up. They can have a fullback block <laughs> and the halves. I don't know what he looks well, like. Well. What? Better than he Jacob Arthur well. And if Jacob Arthur, if Jacob Arthur goes onto the field, who goes off? Either Mitch Moses or Dylan Brown. If Mitchell Moses or Dylan Brown are off the field, Parramatta are not winning anything. It's an, well, what do you want them to do, mate? If, surely if there's Moses, a more. If Mitch Moses surely there's a player. Well, I, I would put another forward off and use near Corey as my replacement. So what? If Maddo so can what, go on the halves, there's an injury. So, that makes way more sense to me. Because Maddo's played so much halves lately. But he's a better half. I rate him higher than Jacob Arthur. Mate, at the end of the day, I like. I, I thought Bryce Cartwright should probably be there instead of Jacob Arthur personally. But okay, Parra, right. you watch Parra, You've watched Parra all year. They've used. They pretty much used fifteen players. All right. Put, no put it down his... this way. Put it. Put it this way. When when Jacob Arthur came on, when Mitchell Moses got concussed in the first game, Parramatta were oh. mounting a comeback. Parramatta were. They're, they're, they're coming back, dude. They didn't touch the ball for 15 minutes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, because they had a weak oh. half back there. Oh. Can I just say that Jacob Arthur and Jamin Salmon rule each other out because they're both bench players at best. And then you've got Nathan Brown, Kafusi, and Nia Kore versing Sorensen and Lenu. All right. Oh, I, I think Parramatta's to... coming in this with 15 players because I don't see Mitch Kenny or Salmon getting any time if Penrith can help it. No, that Mitch Kenny will start. I'm not. Anyway, long story short, I'm saying Parra aren't going into the game planning on using 17 players. And you don't need to use 17 players because you know what? RCG, Paulo, Mayo, they're all going to play fucking 60 minutes, mate. What's this the point could... of just bringing someone on for the sake of it? All right. All right. Just because Let's you got 17 players. Honestly, planning ahead, one of those guys gets injured. <laughs> You've got. Brown, Kafusi, near Corey. Brown and Kafusi, you can go to the front row, right? Yeah. Theoretically. Near Corey, play middle. Oh, hold up. Or wing. Oh, sorry, or center. No, but that... <laughs> sorry. That leads into my point. Near Corey, use him as a utility. Yeah. And then Maddo can play in the halves. Of one of... All they're doing is two players get injured, Jacob Arthur gets a run. That is not planning. That is it's just stupid. like it's just like the two final. The seventeen players may say off the the seventeen player may not play, but at least you've got backup in multiple positions if he is on the field, if he is there. You do so Parramatta t- do not have this. So if they had a seventeenth player there that was never going to get on the field, you'd still be you wouldn't be arguing the point. If if they had if they had another front rower on the bench and near Corey was used as a utility, they've got cover from 1 to 17. Who's going to play hooker? Who's going to play hooker? That was Let's a, have a look Jacob here. Jacob Arthur I, I, would, I would put Dylan Brown there, Maddo at 6. 
I don't. Yeah, well, I, I think you're going about planning for a yeah, grand because final never be a coach. the wrong way. You don't. You don't plan for injury if you're trying to win you a grand don't. final. Like I, I'm this. The first thing I thought of when you were saying that, who's on the bench and who can cover. 2007 grand final. Mick Crocker knocked out Brett Stewart in the first like what 15 minutes. There's I I yeah. can guarantee there's not one podcast or thing going. Oh, I don't know about this bench. What if? Brett Stewart gets knocked out in 15 minutes. Who's going to play fullback? Is it going to be but, Mark Bryant, Steve Menzies, Jack Affis of Marga, or Adam Cuthbertson? Like, but you just proved my point, dude. What are you talking it about? It doesn't matter. You just put your you, best you literally said players on the bench. Coaches don't plan for injury. So, why is so they put Sam a halfback. You can only play halfback on the field. Play six, yeah, seven, I, or nine. I don't. I, Jacob I, Arthur can. At no point. Yeah, he's on you're lucky you're sitting point. down. You'd fall if you check. You'd fall, fall down if you Jared, were standing up. At no point did I agree with Jake Arthur being there. At no point did I agree with Jamin <laughs> Salmon even, being there. I'm not even agreeing with it. But I also agree that. with Wall. If everything goes a plan, you only use 16 or 15. These guys are fit enough to play 80 minutes. You don't need to use 17 just because yeah, there's 17 mate. players written there. Nico Hines if, was picked was... as an injury replacement. That's all he was picked for for that Melbourne Storm team. He was. He was he a nobody. He fullback and six. He played what? Nico 12... Hines can only play fullback and six. Gary, this was two years ago. He played like 12 minutes of that season. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. He, ha- he hadn't Dude, even started he... a game. You, you realise, did you guys watch him in, New- in Queensland Cup for Falcons? Yeah, it's Queen Did you? Cup. Yeah. It's not NRL Grand Final. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did Carson you watch Gamble's him? Did you watch him? Because he played fullback, he played centre, he played halfback, and he played second row for the Falcons. That's great. You How bring many a guy positions did he play? Jacob in Arthur, since he was six years old, has never played anything but five eight for halfback. You know, come on and play fullback. You know what? NRL before against you know the Tigers. What Nico Hines hadn't played at NRL level any of those positions. He had. He, he was a bench ball. player. Ah, uh, you you guys have not seen the point here at all. This wasn't last Mate, year. I'm it was not... the year before. Mate, I'm not saying that Arthur's the right option, but I'm saying he's not going to get on the field. And he's literally there if a six, seven, or nine goes down so yeah. they don't have to fucking reorganise their entire team and get all their defensive mm. and attacking things all out of whack because people are in three different positions. Look at Cherry Evans in Origin. He was first picked as an emergency and ended up playing lock for half an hour because there was no and injury. Jacob Arthur's a, he's a big body too. So, you know, like... He's he not probably... playing in the middle. <laughs> If Cherry Evans can play lock for Origin, anyone can. Ponga played in the middle in Origin. Like, to me, it's 15 versus 16. If all goes well for both teams. It's it's 16 versus 17 in every sense. Jacob Arthur... James Salmon won't get on the field. He's going to go on for. What? Salmon's played all year. He's came on at lock. Yeah, he plays about 20 minutes. 15 minutes of rest. He's played all year. He will not get on the field. Unless they're up. 520. Yeah, I don't see any point in Mitch Kenny playing in this game. Because if you give up a 12-point lead to this team compared to the Rabbits last week, and let's not count for... I know the red card came a lot later in the game, but um, I, I, if I were going to go, I would, oof. I could, see, I could see the reasoning behind it. Um, maybe trying to weather the storm early, defensively, all that sort of stuff. Take that pressure off Chorus out so you can play really well. 12-0 lead against a team that has shown that they can grind if they need to. I'm, I'm not taking I'm, that risk. I'm having my best I'm players out there as well as I can. Lead. I'm more worried about a 12-0 lead at South Sydney than I am at Para. Against Para. I see Para has been a defender. Defensively, 
No, nah, really South Sydney are better defensive than Para. They oh, are. I think pretty. Oh I'm God. pretty sure South were the worst defensive team in the top eight. I've never met someone just so. They, they, they had 11 more points than Para. It's not hate, dude. Oh, oh okay, yeah. they were the they were just the because two I worst throw defensive teams. Some sort of negativity at a team doesn't mean I hate them. I've actually some I actually spent I actually spent 15 minutes complimenting them. In the last podcast, all I'm saying, and this is about five minutes, what? And all I'm saying about Para, and let's be clear, I've been right for the last two years on this podcast about Para. Been right the entire time. This, this, remember that too. On the other hand, I I wasn't saying they were going to win the comp the last. But you've also been. We've also all been wrong about Penrith, so that kind of yeah, I was wrong, and I, I admitted that. Reality of it is, what I've said about Parramatta, and this is all I've said the entire year, was the fact that I rate their team. They're a very strong attacking team. Not the best defensively, but very strong attacking team. I've said that the entire thing. I've said they had a premiership window for the last two years, and the fact they haven't got it is a massive issue, and the fact they haven't changed any of the way they play, for me, is a massive issue. And I put it down to their leadership. I don't agree. I don't think they have very strong leaders in their team. I've said that for the last two years. Proven right throughout the throughout this year with their attitude and the fact they they wallop Penrith. They so, beat they don't no, hold up, hold up. They beat yeah, yeah, top yeah, right, teams yeah. and then they lose to the Tigers. I don't rate that as a strong team. And then all I've said is throughout this entire thing for the last six weeks is that they're going to come up, they're going to make the top four in the finals. I tipped they'd lose against Pembroke because actually walloped someone in the first round, in the last round of the season. And then I said they'd win the next two games, won't win the next three. The three you games in a row. The next two, mate. What? You said they beat Canberra. Also, this team that lacks leadership, you say. We're down 20 to 12 on the road with less than 20 minutes to go last week and dug themselves out of that hole whilst their best player and didn't I have a great game. And I copped it. I was wrong on that. Well, why are you questioning the leadership then now? Because, the... dude. Hey, I'm going to jump in on that one there. I, I'm going to go against you on this one, Well, I think that one with yeah. the Cowboys was more them losing the game than Parramatta winning it, but... Parramatta oh, so winning to me tries. was more based, yeah, I know. But Parramatta to me was more based on their defensive efforts and forcing Cowboys okay. Okay. into a mistake. Okay. I, I, but I think I figured a way I to also, explain it to you that you understand. Also, think Jared's getting too far the other way with Parramatta. Anyway, let's go on to value. No, no, because it's our last. Let's go to, to beat, stats. Beat okay. Let's go to stats. How many games this year? And you guys love stats. Right? I do love stats. How many games like this year have yeah. Parramatta actually been able to do that? How many? To, even you admitted, Adam, you're surprised that eight points down, 20 minutes ago, Parramatta even came back because their reputation of folding under those circumstances. So, and then yeah. you go, okay, what's a more way of proving something? I forgot the word. Data-driven Supporting. way of proving something. Supporting in, using then going, data. Yeah, then going, okay, they did it once mm-hmm. compared to not being able to do it for all this year, which I'm not allowed to talk about the last two years because Walt mm-hmm. doesn't agree with it. But they well, haven't no. been able to do that for three years, why in my did, opinion. No, 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 no. what happened two a years club, ago. A club hasn't been able to do it, not this team. There's a difference. Because what, what I said about two minutes ago, Walt, was that 
I don't think they've changed in the last three years. I've said that. That's why I use the data from two years ago. But I'll go to your point. They haven't been able to come back from eight points down against a strong team this entire year. I'll only go this year. That's why I was surprised. And then that's why I complimented them. I don't think, and this is proven this year as well, that they can win three games on the trot against three strong teams. I'm going on stats and all that kind of stuff. Stuff you like right now, which is all right. It's correct. The only thing I'm going to throw back at you stats-wise was looking at that game last week. The result came as an outlier with regards to Cowboys dominating the entire game. And I'd say nine times out of 10, and this was the one time out of 10, nine times out of 10, Cowboys would have beaten any team in the comp yes. with that lead, with those stats. Penrith, Melbourne, Parramatta, West High, it doesn't matter. They're too good a team to lose from there consistently. And that was the one time out of 10. It was as much to do with Parramatta coming back as it was the Cowboys not executing. The other I side agree. of it, though, is... Um, Parramatta have shown this year that they can trouble Penrith in the fact that they've beaten them. Um, and yeah. they played one of their worst games in the first week of the finals. Um, but uh, uh, but all, all my points are still relevant. Like yeah. All of it's been proven by me multiple times. And I predict them. I'm pretty sure I tipped them right most weeks this week because of this. So you Parramatta? I'm going on Penrith because they can't win three games in a row. So I have won three games in a row this year, actually. Yeah, not against strong teams. There's my point again. Chance for our babies. <laughs> and I've got Beat one percent left and a hundred dollars. Where's that third game, Wall? Jared, you're down to thirty dollars. Well, I'm down to thirty, then, and I'm gonna go for a massive then, bet this game, just so I can fucking. Well, you're on eight hundred and forty-seven dollars, and I'm on a hundred. And Parramatta are $3.10 outsiders. Penrith Panthers are $1.37. Um, what have we got cooking for our final value bets of the season? Oh, fuck. All right. Final value bet of the year. Just a reminder, Wally's on $847. Jared is on 30 And I'm back to square one at 100 after doing two big bets the last two weeks to try and catch up. And they backfired. So, well, you have the honours. Which order are we going in? Uh, I've got two bets. I'll um, split yeah. the $47. Um, so $27 I will put on a three-leg multi. Good. Yeah, I've got yeah. Parramatta to win. Yeah. And Brian Toto and Mike Acevo, both anytime try scorers. Yeah. Which would give me... Uh, so yeah, $27 at $12.50 would give me $337.50. Yeah. That's bet number one. And then I've got a one time anytime try scorer I've got twenty dollars on. Regan Campbell Gillard at twelve dollars fifty. Give me two hundred and fifty bucks. Alrighty. So a total outlay there of forty seven dollars. So if neither of them pay off, Jared, we need to have bets that will take over eight hundred dollars in I'm some on way. It. All right, what do you got? Oh, you gotta go first. I'm going to go first. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got, um, as much as I want Parramatta to win, I've got Penrith to win. Um, with Dylan Brown, anytime try scorer, and Brian Toto, anytime try scorer, at $12.50. That's good odds. Yeah. So I'm putting $100 on that, and that would be a payoff of 
Penrith to win. Oh, Dylan no. Brown, Braun to O. I don't want it to happen, honestly. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder where that'd um, end up as with Parramatta. Let's have a look. Uh, anytime now, Jared would be good. But, uh, you know, otherwise I'll just keep talking while I look through my phone. All right. There I've we got go. it. Um, okay, so I've got Pembroke Panthers to win. All right. Brian Tyre, anytime try scorer. Dylan Brown, anytime try scorer. Oi, get out of it. That's mine. Marcus Sebo, anytime try scorer. <laughs> and then Parramatta to have 8.5 lead. Had to lose by less than eight. Yeah. And that's going at $30, $2,475. So Parramatta <laughs> lose. Clear winner. Parramatta lose by less than eight. Yeah. So you're putting $30 on that at what? That's going at $82.50. Okay. All right. We're on so here, boys. We're on that, here. That if I end up coming last with $800, I'll be filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a look at this one now. Because this is why I'm horrible at gambling. So I look at something like, that's pretty good. And I look at the other one and go, hey, that's way better. Um, if I just change Penrith to Parramatta with Bronto and Dylan Brown, instead of $12.50 odds, it gives me $25.50 odds. Oh, which would get you ahead of Jared. <laughs> which is... Oh, fuck, I've got to redo this now. <laughs> so if I put... Oh, wait on. So that's just... that's. Um... you got to split it. Yeah, if I do 50 on Penrith and then 50 on Parramatta. You won't win, though. Well, the 50 on Parramatta will still give me more than the other one. One, two, seven, five. But the Penrith one would be less, obviously. Um, That makes sense. I like that. Oh, fuck. See, I'm going reverse psychology, though, because I keep tipping Parramatta and they've lost. So if I tip Penrith, Parramatta will actually win. So what I value more... I don't value either did because I, um, I dislike each team. But... Well, value it for me because I, I told you I got on power at $21 odds to win the comp and I got 20 bucks on it. Oh, that? that's right. That was after they got flogged by Brisbane because they were playing <laughs> Penrith the next week. And yeah. I was like, they'll beat, Pe- they'll beat Penrith and then their odds will halve. Yeah. There Here we go. There we go. All right. That's right the last, last 6N preview show. Uh, we have enjoyed grand final day while I'll be playing cricket all day. I didn't get enough takers for a team, so I might just rock up and you can throw me in oh, a team. It's been, well, it's been it's been postponed, mate. Oh, been, that's yeah, what I meant. I think what are you What yeah, are you guys rocking up and playing cricket this weekend, Ace? Well, I meant oh, to have an eight aside comp at the cricket <laughs> club and then roll it into grand final. Yeah, they had to postpone. I'm not I'm not sure if it was because of weather or what it was. I know we got a message this week saying it's postponed. So. Ah, stay tuned. Adam throws some good off spinners down there. I remember playing for you. Yeah, man. Two for 58 or five. That's bowling. <laughs> oh I've got my got the baseball bat out. I'm part of the All Stars team tomorrow. Take I was wondering the... why you're bringing that out. Yeah, I was just, um, I was meant to have some practice swings in the backyard today, but you know, I've got my pitching machine and stuff set up. But it's, um, yeah, we've got the Sunny Coast Masters team taking on the um, All-Stars from the six teams in our comp. So there's three Are you old enough to team. play Masters? No, I'm in the All-Stars versing the Masters, you numpty. Yeah, um, be a year off being Masters, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the podcast. I actually am. <laughs> 35 next year, that's Masters age. But they said, like, you're only allowed to use wood bats. 
because the masters are only allowed to use wood bats in their comp and everyone's like what i'm like what about bamboo i use bamboo you would you would be you would just be a different type of bloke wouldn't you i would it was the only one that was black different type of bloke yeah (laughs) i like the bamboo suits suits my batting style um, is there uh, a batting style in baseball? I don't yeah. know. That's like saying is there a batting style a, in cricket? That's why it's called a baseball bat, Jared. Yeah. That's why I bat. Really just swung in that game. There's no there's no tactical shit in baseball at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm this up. I bat first or second in baseball. I'd bat like ninth or tenth in cricket. Yeah, because there's no thinking. You actually have to think for cricket. Come on, well, back me up, mate. You're a cricket player. Oh, mate. Oh, Got to be up and buddy eight hours for bloody cricket. Yeah, me too. Oh, rough life. <laughs> on that, on that note, because uh, Wall and I are elite athletes, uh, we need our... <laughs> <laughs> they'll be, in the, injured... 20, tw- they'll nothing... be in the IPL draft. And say, well, I seek my fourth beer of the night. Um, yeah, there's nothing, nothing elite about me at the moment. Right. <laughs> Except for that jersey. All right, yeah. let's wrap it up. Uh, good luck if you're a Penrith or a Parramatta supporter. Hope you enjoyed the day for all the neutrals. Um, same thing. And hope your multis or whatever pay off. And we'll get back to you guys on probably Monday night, eh? Cause it's a uh, public holiday, I think. It usually is. Um, yeah. So it should drop Tuesday yeah. morning. Some old fellow's birthday. Yeah, he is. Who's? <laughs> Whose birthday? The king. Oh, I thought it was actually one of yours. I was like, eh, no, all good. <laughs> See you, boys. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio.